0: This is The Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure,
1: but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the Masculine Journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Oh, do we have a journey (laughs) for you today. (laughs) On the Masculine Journey, a quest. Like, oh my goodness, what a quest. Where are we going, Robbie? You might wonder. (laughs) Actually, the title of this show that we're of this particular episode of Masculine Journey. And we're missing Sam, and we're missing Andy, so we actually have the all-star yeah. team here.
0: Funny how of, many people bailed on this subject.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dan's not here, so we have the dream team. We have Jim and Rodney and Harold. And, and Robbie. To, and today's show is What the Hell. And, and interestingly, along the subject of what the hell, you know, God provided for us a timely... Situation that has us all asking a lot of questions, and that's the recent death last Sunday of Kobe Bryant and eight other helicopter occupants. Where all of a sudden this question looms in a lot of people's minds like, oh my goodness, did he know Christ? Would he be there? What does that mean? And as we begin to flesh out these things, what is what is hell? What do you perceive it to be? What's that like? And so we put together an opportunity for us to come up with clips. And so how would you like that? To think about now, how could I provide a hell clip? So I recalled in my own life, Jim, <laughs> the moment that I realized that I was in hell, <laughs> or corporate hell, so to speak, or or, or where I felt like, from my perspective, hell is a place where God's not there and that makes it hell. And, and, and the fact that there's no place to find God and you can't get to him, there's a, that that in of itself would cause such a fire to break out that it's hell. Nonetheless, I was at a corporate meeting sitting around with a bunch of general managers. I won't mention the group because a lot of people would know the name of these people. <laughs> but anyway, it was a large automotive group And I was the general manager, and one of the individuals said, we've got this janitor working for us. He's been with us for 30 years, and we really want to have a, a retirement party for him. And the owner of the company turned to one of the general managers and said, tell him why that's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. And I was shocked, number one, that he said it. And then what I was even more shocked was what the other general manager immediately answered Which he said, yes. All the people in the crowd, excuse me, all the people (laughs) in this organization know that we settle up with our employees at every payday. And then, as I watched the other general managers around the table, all go here, here, and that was what exactly what they were saying. And I was like, oh my goodness, this man spent thirty years of his—he invested his life, cleaned your toilets, and you can't give him a. A simple party? You can't – nothing counts for anything that he did? And even though I was not even close to understanding the difference between heaven and hell at that point in my life, I completely understood that there was something terribly wrong here. But can you imagine, Jim?
0: Uh, Yeah, and that really – I mean, as you said, hell is being – out of communion with God, no access to him. But it goes beyond that. There'll be nobody that will give us any comfort. Everyone will be that we might have contact with will be in misery and could care less about ours.
1: And so here was Jerry Maguire, which was played <laughs> by Tom Cruise. And, and, and he's worked for this company, he's actually a sports agent. And he's experiencing this kind of culture where, wow, he's, he's not finding a lot of comfort here as, as he's been fired, and now, you know, he's expecting to lead a revolt, but not quite in the cards, except for one fish named Flipper.
2: You okay? Fine. What's up? Came here to let you go. Pardon? Came here to fire you, Jerry it's real you should say something well don't worry don't worry I'm not gonna do what you all think I'm gonna do which is gonna just flip out well let me just let me just say as I ease out of the office I helped build I'm sorry but it's a fact that there is such a thing as manners A way of treating people. These fish have manners. These fish have manners. In fact, they're coming with me. I'm starting a new company, and the fish will come with me. You can call me sentimental. The fish, they're coming with me. Okay. If anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring in this God forsaken business and we will do it together. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me besides Flipper here? This is embarrassing. All right. Wendy, shall we? Oh, Jer, I'm three months away from the pay increase.
1: That's an empty <coughs> empty feeling there, Harold. A- and I happen to know a guy. He worked for a local company here for a number of years as a computer programmer. A- and and one day, it was like they pulled the plug.
3: Yep. I had almost 44 years. So I was better than your janitor. But they decided that, uh, as I jokingly said to my grandson uh, Couple of days ago, they said I was too old and ugly. They didn't want to see me no more. But uh, they uh, actually figured out that they could pay some Indians less than they paid me. So I was, I was already on Social Security, but I had no intentions of quitting. Love my job, love my boss. They were paying me to have fun. But the fun ended, and I got to go home and fight with my wife. And make make numerous mistakes at home.
1: (laughs) But there's something to that that you invested your life there, right? Oh, yeah. And and at the end of the day, how much do you think that company really cared?
3: Not a lot. Not a lot.
1: And and so I I wonder how many men out there realize, you know, Rodney – you know, we're investing our lives. I mean, we, we, for me, that was a real introduction to like, whoa, I'm pouring all my stuff in because if they treat this way, there's no difference from being a general manager. They settled up with me on payday, too.
4: Yeah. And uh, I'm much like you, Harold. I was at a job, although it wasn't, it was exactly the opposite. You were there for 44 years, I was there for less than a year. And they're like, nope, we're done. We're going a different direction here. And there were two wonderful, godly men that worked for me that I just really just adored and loved working with them. And it's like, okay, I'm like we can turn this place around because, just like you were mentioning, Robbie, you're saying hell was you know the absence of God with where you were at. This this place was a cesspool. I was shocked because the I hired in and the boss that I hired into was a great guy. And love the interview. I'm like, I could work for him. I like that. And then six months into my job, he leaves to go do something. And I find out, you know, I talked to him and he's like, well, you know, I, I didn't know when I was hiring you that I was going to go do this. And I'm like, well, you have to do all these other certifications months ahead of time and work through all that to go do what you're going to go do. So I know he's lying to me. So he doesn't care about me. Everybody left behind doesn't care about me cuz they were they were just they're they, were, they were just rotten. There's no other way about it. But these guys that I worked closely with were wonderful. I remember being in tears over that and you know it, it wasn't being fired. It was like, "Oh my gosh, we just talked about all the things we were going to do to kind of whip some stuff into shape and that's all gone on my relationship with these guys, you know ending, and it was just—it was just super sad to have to go through that. So, Jim,
3: R- Robbie, <laughs> I, need, I, I need to make a correction. It was only like thirty-two years. The forty-four was my total work time. Okay, at, and I had worked at a couple other places. All right. I needed to correct that. Okay, yeah. that, that way
1: he's at, not
0: ninety-five. Yeah, he's on, not, so.
1: But you know, in the Hebrew word <laughs> for life. I think, would you pronounce it Che?
0: That's close enough.
1: <laughs> well, how would you pronounce it? Uh, K. But. Okay, K. See, this is why I love Jim, because he actually knows this stuff. I no mean, he no. knows how to say it anyway, but the letters that's, that are- That's in,
0: the bigger the, issue there. The
1: letters that are involved in there are the Het, and then there's the Yud, right? Yod Het, yes. <laughs> right? Like yes. he says it. But the point is that that Het is life. Right, it, it's, it's a picture of marriage. There's a hoopoe over the top of a, of a vav and a Zion, and the, and the picture is as if these people being married and there's life. Well, the neat thing is, from my perspective, is that life has to do with that yud, which is the hand of God, uniting you with him. And, and so to have that is to never be. In that place where there's nobody that cares for you, yeah. and, and there's to never be in that situation where nobody is going to, you know, <laughs> leave you without, so to speak. And, and the cool thing is, and maybe you knew this, Jim, that if the word brother in Hebrew, which you can probably say better than me, starts with an aleph, <laughs> but it has that same letter, that same chet or het, and and so here is this. Family that's being put together and the life that's in God that's in me is connected to the life that's in God that's in Rodney that's connected to the life that's in God that's in Harold and and when we actually form a brotherhood of like people that that do care about you in Christ not, not only do you have in heaven obviously Jesus and you have that presence but we're going to have all our brothers too.
0: One of the telling things about having the three men that talked about it every one of you referred to work being where you encountered hell but our work and heaven will be entirely different
1: and we got so much more in fact we got the highway to hell coming up <laughs> and what the hell and so we got all that coming up so stay tuned Oh, and it's cold outside, and you get out of the shower, and your towel won't dry you off. Oh, (laughs) it makes you feel like you might need to throw in the towel. (laughs) Well, go ahead. We got something better for you. My pillow towels. I mean, some bath towels just don't absorb water. Others, you know, you feel like you're drying off with sandpaper. About 20 years ago, the textile manufacturers came up with a not-so-brilliant idea to make towels softer by adding chemicals. Great idea, but one problem. The towels won't dry you off. My pillow is changing back to the better days when towels actually worked. This is Southern Cotton from the USA. 60-day money-back guarantee. Colors to match any bathroom. White, mineral gray, stone, ocean blue, royal purple, and more. If you order right now, you get 30% off a set. Two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Call 800-943-7096.
5: I am William Wallace.
0: You've come to fight as free men, and free men you are. What will you do without freedom?
1: Find out from Jesus what you will do with that freedom. A four-day adventure with God. It's a Masculine Journey radio boot camp. Boot camp is designed to give men permission to be what God designed them to be, passionate warriors for the kingdom. Coming this April, April 2nd through the 5th. Register now at MasculineJourney.org. Yes, we don't want a highway to hell here on the Masculine Journey radio show today. As a matter of fact, we're kind of wondering, what the hell? And that question, although it may sound a bit sarcastic, is actually phenomenally important because you got people all around you and 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 at some point you may ask like people ask about kobe do they really know you know kobe passed away last sunday do they really know where his eternity you know where his tickets punched is he going one place or the other and we all have a time in our life that that's that's going to be and so this Subject matter is of critical, like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine anybody that I know having to spend eternity in in such a place.
0: And that's the point. We don't want to imagine it, so we don't. We ignore it. You had a great story during our time together earlier about somebody that was close to you, but you didn't have a clue, and he became... We won't go into that. But how much time do we invest here in things that are eternal as opposed to all the little stuff that ultimately has no meaning?
1: Now, we got a little clip here from Ebenezer. Now, Ebenezer, he didn't even have any screen time. I mean, he never was on his phone. He never checked his personal email or his Facebook account. Yet, <laughs> he had become so selfish that it sounded like this. And even though, you know, we hate to admit it, we may have a friend or two of people that we know that might bear a certain resemblance to this.
5: Uh, Mr. Scrooge, I presume. Indeed you do, sir. You don't know us. Nor do I wish to. My name is Poole, and this is Mr. Hatley. Excellent. Now, if you'll allow me to pass, let me explain something. At this festive season of the year, it seems desirable that those of us with means should make some slight provision for the poor and destitute who suffer greatly at this time. Provision? Are you seeking money from me then? Many thousands are in want of common necessaries. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons. The workhouses, are they still in operation? They are. I wish I could say they were not. The treadmill, the poor houses, still in full vigour? All very busy, sir. <laughs> I was afraid from what you said that something had stopped them in full force. A few of us are endeavouring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and food and warmth. Oh, what can we put you down for, sir? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous? I wish to be left alone. Since you ask me what I wish, gentlemen, that is my answer. I don't make merry myself at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. My taxes help to support the public institutions, which I have mentioned, and they cost enough. Those who are badly off must go there. Many can't go there, and many would rather die. If they would rather die, perhaps they had better do so and uh, decrease the surplus population. Surely you don't mean that, sir. With all my heart. Now, if you will go about your business, gentlemen, and allow me to go about mine.
1: Now, following what Charles Dickens... Experience there. This guy seems beyond hope. You you couldn't find it. I mean, you can go out and look and find a lot of people that are less despicable than that, but nonetheless, right? There was still hope for Scrooge. You know, there was still spiritual hope for all sorts of people. And, and interestingly, the question that you can't help but wonder is where do they stand? So I worked with this guy named Johnny Hendrix, Is and, and I'd worked with him for seven years. And I knew he wouldn't talk about Jesus. I'd tried to talk to him about it several times. He just wouldn't go there. But one day I found myself in the hospital. He was dying. And they were saying he wasn't going to come out of the coma. And as I stood there and asked his wife and I asked his best friend, there wasn't anybody standing there who knew if Johnny knew the Lord. And to make a very long story short, I actually prayed, asked God to give him more time, which He did. And when Johnny woke up, I was given the opportunity that I'd actually blown completely earlier in a few weeks before to share Christ with him, and and was given a reprieve. But interestingly, John, uh, you know, we are lucky to have with us Pastor Jim, <laughs> and, and 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 what you were saying is that that's not unheard of. That people are often given those moments
0: I think the God who loves us and yes medically that happens often it happened to my mom right before she died she was in and out she wasn't in a coma but she was pretty far gone and we were in hospice and just had a few days left and she woke up and was lucid and we had a wonderful hour and a half of singing hymns and saying goodbye to mom and two days later she was dead. And that is not an uncommon thing, but that is showing us the grace of God. He's giving every person out there hearing this show a chance to say yes to his love and then experience it forever.
1: And he's also given everybody out there listening to this show a chance to do an inventory because actually, after that experience with Johnny, I called every employee at Westside Chrysler into my office, <laughs> and I, I had looked right across at the table and looked him in the eye, and I said, I'm not telling you you have to believe in Jesus, but I need to know as your friend where you stand so I can know where you stand.
0: There was a prisoner in England, I don't know all the details, but he was going to his execution, and there was a pastor trying to save him and he says i don't believe all that but if i did i would crawl miles across broken glass to tell people that i cared about about it and that's a bad paraphrase but do we care that much are we willing to risk embarrassment sharing jesus with others and
1: yeah can you you know it, the question is rodney can you picture a place where there's all these Ebenezer's that all feel that way about everybody and and, and and spend eternity where nobody cares about anything. You know, it's one thing you say, well, you know, I'll, I'll be all right. But what about those other people that are there? And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that this is what's happened to Kobe Bryant. However, you can't help but wonder if you don't know, what if his daughter's there as a result of him not being there? You know what I'm saying? No. And I know she's 13, so hopefully she wasn't past the age of accountability. We don't know the answers to that, but oh my goodness, our own family. I mean, it, it, it's it's unthinkable to me. and And then you're like, God, what do I do about that? And I wonder sometimes, Harold, is that what God has in mind for my own prayer life is for me to – beseech him on that very subject?
3: Oh, I think definitely, because in my opinion, hell is one of the most misunderstood topics in our world today. People joke about it. They have no concern. They talk about God wouldn't send anybody to hell, and he won't. He allows us to choose, but he's made it clear. And if you read about the rich man and Lazarus, they both died, and the the rich man was in torment and all he wanted was Lazarus to dip his finger in water to cool his tongue. But and the other it, thing
1: he wanted, if you remember, his, is he wanted to tell his brother.
3: Right.
0: So that he wouldn't end up there.
1: Right. But it, and at some point in time, the the game's over for us, too. Only we may, you know, there, we had whatever time to share with whoever, and then we don't get another shot at it.
3: No, nope. no going back.
1: And honestly, when I think about the Johnny Hendricks story, because I didn't know what to say to him. So once God did actually wake him up, I went right back to prayer like, God, now what do I say? And God gave me exactly the words. That it, it, it was just miraculous. That He said, Robbie, he's a car salesman. He'll understand this. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back into his room and I said, Johnny, I made a deal with God. Well, to a car salesman, a deal is a deal. And so God had given me the key to Johnny Hendricks' heart. He just had. But the only reason he gave it to me was because i he knew how desperately I, I, I wanted Johnny to not spend eternity away from him. And so I, I really think that that's part of what we get a chance to do is is pray for those people that we have opportunities with, Rodney.
4: Yeah, because let's go back to your clip. The the ultimate Scrooge is Satan. I mean, he doesn't care about you at all. All he's trying to do is take down as many people as he can take with him because he knows he's done for. His game's over. It's already written on the wall. He knows it, and he's just trying to take you down. So all those wonderful things he puts in your head about how great life is and go get this, go get that. It's it's just fleeting, you know. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You know, uh, you just there's nothing there. So if you want to, I you know when, I, when this subject comes up, I was you know it's 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 interesting because you want to know well what do you think about heaven and hell? What do you think about Jesus? What do you think about? religion and these things you have these conversations and a lot of people shy away from those you know they don't want to talk but the subject of hell is one of those hard subjects and it's just a simple question for me who wants to be on fire for the rest of your life nobody wants to be burned at all you hate getting a little match burn anything burns Ow, hot i hate it oh man you just cuss up a storm immediately you know well think about that all over your body forever and that's what it's going to be and Revelation's pretty clear on that, and you just, I just I just can't imagine that for anybody. It's And when anybody dies like Kobe or my family or somebody I know, when you hear about it or a friend of a friend or anything, that is one of the first thoughts into my head. Did they know Jesus?
0: And one of the, I, I want to argue with you about one thing. Satan does care about us. He hates us because God loves us, so he wants to take that away from God. We are a tool. But one of the things about evil is, I mean, if you see true evil, most people are gonna say, no, I want nothing to do with that. But, and the clip we won't see, but it's from uh, a, the movie, a, a, a movie that terrified me years ago. It is how appealing the devil can be, and yet that is the destruction of our souls.
4: The great deceiver.
0: We don't want to be with him for eternity.
1: So, the beauty is, is that we can connect tonight, tomorrow, this afternoon, wherever you are, right now with the one who actually can give us answers, not only on our own, but... The the people that we love to to help do that. He's the access point to that. The Bible clearly gives us all sorts of information, but oh my goodness, you know what an opportunity to go on an adventure with God um, here, and I can assure you, it's it's worth the effort. Not to mention get him to boot camp.